Good morning, everybody. Last time I talked about order and disorder, but kind of uh, along that similar theme, uh, I want God always has things set up in perfection, and there are laws. There are laws spiritually. There are laws physically. And you look at the universe and say, well, there's a lot of disorder out there. Not really. <laughs> a quasar, uh, something blowing up, the sun, it seems like it's in some ways uh, this combustion that's crazy. But no, it's following certain physical laws, period. And uh, the, everything is set up that way. <clears throat> there's order to it, order to design. The spiritual order, then, there should be a reason that we would want to follow spiritual order instead of disorder but i'm going to change the theme a little bit uh and you can't answer any of this by the way uh, what's the difference between mean median and mode some of you may not know that but we have to deal with this in weather all the time because if you don't understand the difference between those you can get really way off on things or if you're doing books for a company and you don't know mean median uh uh, in mode, you're going to come up with different answers for things. So if I said that the range over the last couple of years has been between 10 degrees and 110 degrees, well, what's the middle of that? Huh? Well, okay, I'm at the number. <laughs> okay, between 10 and 110, there's 100 apart. You add 50 to the bottom one or subtract it, you're going to come up with about 60. You could also go, well, what's the average since that 10-degree thing we had, what, two years ago and today? Well, then I'd have to ask you, what are we averaging? Monthly numbers? Daily? Weekly? Are we talking about the highs of the days or the lows of the days? Or can I take the average of every day and the, you see what I'm saying? You can just keep going with it. And if you're not precise, you can get way off on a lot of answers. So I'm just going to give you a couple of definitions, and we're going to talk about this and applying to, to the Bible and in terms of what the center of the Bible is, what the middle is, things like that. All right. The mean is the average that we're used to and where you add up all the numbers, then divide by the number of numbers. Makes sense, right? Uh, the median is the middle. Sometimes median and average is the same, but not always. It just really depends. If we had a lot of days that were way above... 60, and then fewer that were below 60, your numbers are going to come out differently than the median. I know you're following me, you're smart folks. The mode is the value that occurs most often if no number in the list is repeated, then there is no mode uh, for the list. There's also a range, and I've been talking about that. Some member at the bottom, some at the top. All right, here's where the fun stuff begins. You know how many verses there are in the King James? Just out of curiosity. Just give me a guess, somebody. I want to have some fun with this. Don't look it up. You know, you got phones on you. All right. Nope. Nobody wants to guess? It's above 10,000. It's above 20,000. It's above 30,000. All right, it's 30, 31,102 verses in the Bible, beginning to end. And it's peculiar because the original Bible, they didn't have breaks like that. 
Uh, that was put in later. So the, the, the Bible had books, but not necessarily were they broken up. But God was still involved in that numbering. Absolutely was involved when men were, okay, well, we need to make this chapter here and in there and these verses are comprised of that chapter. Now, there's some of them that I kind of disagree with in a way, not that they were wrong, but you go, well, you know what? The next part of this chapter really ties up the end of the one prior to that. You can kind of look at it that way. But if you take 31,102, what is that total in terms of numbers? A three plus a one plus a one plus a two. Seven, which is the number of, somebody's going to say it, perfection, completeness. Those are the same thing. All right. So if we looked in the middle, the center, then there are, you have to have an odd number to have a center verse, right? But it was 102. It's even. So there must be a, a center of two verses that would fall into that. Is everybody, am I going too fast or you want to keep up? All right. So this would be verses 15,551 and verses 15,552. Turn to Psalm 103. Now we're going to get to some, really the fun stuff. Psalm 103. I did a preach from this, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. But it was from a different angle. It was really talking about uh, chapters. And we I might do that next if, if, if I feel like it. <laughs> I feel led to do it. All right, Psalm 103. If you look at the two center verses, the 15,551 and 15,552nd verse is Psalm 103, 1 and 2. So these are the center verses of the Bible. Somebody read Psalm uh, 103, verse 1. Anybody? Bless the Lord, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Isn't that... Amazing that that's one of the center verses. What are the first four words of that verse? Bless the Lord, Lord, oh my soul. Uh, Five, I'm sorry. Six. I'm just seeing if y'all are counting with me. (laughs) Bless the Lord. All right. Uh, These are the two middle verses, 103, 1 and 2. What's number two? Read the second one. Okay, so those two center verses in the whole Bible start out with the same thing. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That makes a good song, too. Did y'all sing that song? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Good song. All right. <clears throat> now, uh, what I want to do, the verse 2 concludes with, And forget not all his benefits. These are powerful words coming from the two center verses of the book. All right. Now let's count the words in these two middle verses. This is where it gets really interesting. There are 28. That's seven quadrupled, seven times four. And seven is the number of perfection or completeness, right? So God does all these things. And this isn't an accident, in my opinion. 
It really can't be when you start looking at all the, the things that are there. And I'm not saying we need to go try to dissect numbers and see what they are. But sometimes when you see something, it's fascinating how God put things uh, together for us. Uh, I lost my spot here. should have put my finger on it. Seven times four, instead of seven doubled, seven times two, here we have seven compounded twice as much. All right, I don't know if that means much to you. But now let's see if we can find some middle words in the center of God's middle verses. I see four, bless his holy name. Those are the center words within that. There are 12 words on one side of this phrase and 12 words on the other side. So King James Bible has, bless his holy name, right in the center of the two middle verses. You following me? Is that, am I the only one who thinks this is cool? <laughs> if you, let me read it again. Now. Let's see if we can find some middle words in the center of the middle verses. So out, out of those two verses, the center words are four. Bless his holy name. So that's the very center of the center. Right? There are 12 words on one side and 12 words on the other side of those four. So that puts it dead center of the Bible, dead center of the two center verses. Now, is everybody with me? I think it's neat that <laughs> these things fall together this way. And it wasn't an accident. My point is, there's an order to things. Now, can you find all of them? I, you know, I think later when we have uh, the, uh, the full knowledge of God and his spirit within us, we're going to see things. We go, I didn't see that in the Bible. Are we still going to be able to look at his word? Sure, but we're going to be in the presence of the word? Absolutely. But I don't know why we wouldn't, in retrospect, go be, be able to go back and understand the fullness of his word and see it. And see the things that God put together for us. So bless his holy name is dead center of the Bible. Dead center of the two verses that are in the center of the Bible. All right, I want to go back and do some numbers. How many books of the Bible are there? 66, right? We all know that. It's going to get more complicated in it. How many chapters are in the Bible total, end to end? 11,189. These are just numbers for you. The verses already told you, 31,102. Total books Old Testament, 39. Total chapters Old Testament, 929. I'm just throwing numbers out that we're going to look at some things here later and already looked at some. Total verses in the Old Testament, 23,145. Books in the New Testament, 27. Chapters in the New Testament, 260. Total verses in the New Testament, 7,957. The middle book, book in the King James, uh, there are two. Because again, you can't have an even number and have one. It's got a, an even number. has to be the, the middle two. It's Micah and Nahum. What's the longest book in the Bible? Psalms. It also has the longest book. Uh, shortest book in the King James. Second John. 
and John, Third uh, John, Second John in verses, Third John in words. The middle chapter in the King James is Psalm 117. This is where I was going to go with this because I've done it before. The longest chapter is 119. Try to memorize that one. It's pretty long, right? We all know that. The shortest chapter in the King James, 117. Go back to that. And then uh, the middle verse in the King James Bible, there are two. Psalm 103, 1 and 103, 2. We just read that. What's the longest verse in the Bible and what book is that contained in, Esther? <laughs> you knew it already. It is a long verse, right? Man, I thought I was going to stump you on that one, Esther. <laughs> All right. And shortest verse in the King James, John, Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. All right. Man, I'm getting hot in here today. So, I'm trying to see why I copied and pasted this piece in here. And I really have no idea. Let's go back to 103, 1 and 2. We're going to read that whole chapter. Or down to at least verse 10. I can't figure out. Remember how far it goes. All right. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness. And do you see the blessing there is in the center here? And this is just like uh, dessert. Uh, Icing on the cake, if you will. Gravy on your biscuits. doesn't matter. It's a good thing. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now, of course, if we looked at at God, God hates sin. God is uh, full of wrath. God uh, uh, burns against sin. Our sin. He burns against that. And uh, if there were not another way uh, that was provided for us, we would all be bound for destruction. And I say destruction. That doesn't mean you go into non-existence. It goes into eternal pain and torment. But we were all destined for that same thing. And God must follow. He's orderly. He must follow what he said that he would do. Has to. Unless he provided a way. Which again, out of this, us being also disorderly. The world, the whole world is disorderly. There were some within that that he said, I will buy them with a price. Because otherwise, he would have been required to put us to death too. He would have been required to pass judgment onto us as well. Uh, he would have been required to blot us out of the book of the living. We would no longer exist in the book of the living. Also, our deeds would remain in the book of deeds. 
And they would be proclaimed. All of your sins, everything that you've done would be there. But since Jesus gave his life for us, we were washed in his blood, our deeds are erased, and our name in the book of life is sealed with his blood. And it cannot be extinguished, cannot be erased, cannot be undone. It's impossible to do that. Once God has proclaimed a thing that he would do, he will do it. And he did it through Jesus Christ, his son. This is probably going to come up later, but now that it's caught my eye, I'm going to go ahead and read it. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary from heaven, did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion uh, in, and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people are gathered together in the kingdoms to serve the Lord, he weakened my strength in the way and he shortened my days. And I said, oh, my God, take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. But God is merciful. He looks down from a sanctuary. He has pity on us. He has pity on, on men. And when I get to the, the sermon later, I don't want to jump into that too much. It's kind of hard not to, but. Uh, he's merciful. And the world not only do not recognize his mercy, they don't want it. They don't think they need it. They think they're just fine the way that they are. And I look on people like that with, with pity because they have no idea what, uh, what their future really is without God. I'm not saying the future can't change for someone. It's still part of the living. It certainly can. It doesn't, it's not based on what we see or what we do. It's based on what he is and what he has done. And what he did for us, he sent Jesus to die. Which is the most wonderful thing that we can think of, that he's full of mercy. And uh, full of that grace. And he loves you with a, uh, an undying, everlasting love that will never change and can't be uh, changed or taken back. So next time, if I stay on the order thing in the chapters, we're going to look at uh, 117, 118, and 119. There's some interesting things there, depending on how you're looking at the middle. So if you want to look ahead, go ahead. Uh, I may or may not get back uh, to that one uh, particular part, but it's pretty interesting as well. And uh, one of those, if you, it's the longest chapter. One of them's the very shortest. It's only got a couple of verses in it and so forth. So there's interesting things in that as well. God has an order to things. I wanted to bring something else up that at, for a while I thought, well, that's really interesting. There were these uh, these uh, uh, Jewish guys that they're really smart guys, and they were programmers, and they did other things, and they took the Bible, and uh, they put it all in one conglomerate, and they did searches for words and went, well, we can find everything in there. We can find your name and your birthday or, or things that happened to you or other leaders and so on. It's all in there. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting that God has put his fingerprint on all that. However, uh, some guys did that a little bit later. I think it was with War and Peace, one of the really long books, right? Well, they found similar things. You can find a lot of stuff in that if you do it mathematically that way. Uh, so 
I'm not such a believer in, in that other part, although I do feel that there's an order to everything that God has done. He put his fingerprints right on the Bible. You say, well, that's not the original. Well, it's a translation. Why wouldn't he have his fingerprints on the translation as well, right? Uh, and he certainly does. So if we look at even some of these simple things, uh, and I'm not so much into numerology and things like that. I do believe in 7, 10, and 12 and some of those meanings that those numbers have, how they come up off uh, uh, time and time again, you know, uh, the 12 apostles. There were 12 tribes, and you can go back and look at things, and those numbers come up a lot, and there's a reason for that. I don't know all of God's reasons, but they're there for us to look at and to see. And again, going back to that number of perfection, that does, or completion, that comes up a lot. And uh, it's just an amazing thing for me uh, to look at. And that's it. I actually kind of ran kind of short today. Glad we got started late because it, it put me on time. Any questions on that? What do you guys think? We, we, I've always said we can have an exchange of information and ideas. This is not one way during the class. happens a lot and obviously there are other times where it's repeated uh, you look at some of the verses in Joel they're repeated later by Peter uh, things like that they're used but also God always confirms his word by one or two witnesses uh, other things and examples over and over again so you don't usually just see something once that's really important you're going to see that amplified here 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 and here or even, and I say amplified, given a little more information. That plus a little more. Uh, and that happens a lot in the Bible. And it's not, well, those guys just, and I've heard this, well, they just copied that. It was a neat idea, so they put it over here in this book. That's not what happened. It's God reinforcing and reiterating his word to us. Also, so that we, as kind of simple humans, we can understand more and go, oh, that's what he meant. That's how it's applied here. This is how it applies there. Anybody else? You're the numbers guy. Yeah. I, I like what, you know, uh, and obviously our, our church here affirms and stands behind the King James, but a lot of what you have are proofs of King James because if you do those same things in the other translation, doesn't quite work. None of them work anymore. The uh, Brother Jim in the other church always had a, a way, what he called the other versions of the Bible. They're commentaries. <laughs> they're not, they're not real. And I don't have a problem with people looking at another translation to go, oh, okay, because we're going to run into some words in the sermon. You go, what does that mean? Uh, a very unusual word, but, uh, that wasn't translated. It goes back to the original Hebrew word, but, uh, I don't mind using those tools. I've looked at parallel. Uh, I got a parallel Bible. It's got four translations side by side. And you can kind of look. It also reveals some of the problems with some of the other versions. Uh, NIV, and I can't quote them all. 
but NIV has one where it just uh, it changes Mark, the end of Mark. And there are certain verses that just aren't there. And that's not the only example in NIV. There's some others that, that occur that way. Uh, maybe we should do that sometime. I, I do have a good chart that does some comparisons uh, uh, version by version. But uh, how do I say this? I support the King James, and that's my primary Bible, but I will use other tools. That's, that's about the best way that I can put it. Any other points? Translating one oh, Psalm 103, 1 and 2 into, uh, well, would be Hebrew. I could do that. I mean, not on the spot, but I could look at it and see how it would come up. Uh, if the division was the same, the words are going to be the same only in a different language. But again, the division didn't come up till hundreds and hundreds of years later. Uh, did they put those uh, labels and verses and so forth in there? That's an interesting thought. Any others? No? I'll let you go then. We're going to run into a couple of words that are in the sermon that uh, they're just not familiar to us. We, we don't know what they mean until you go back. Uh, and it's easy for me. I, I, I can instantaneously look up Greek and Hebrew lexicon on my computer and what I'm studying, and it just pulls it right up. Or Strong's Concordance, and you really need that to be a serious uh, st uh, student of the Bible. You need to have some of those other tools to go look. Well, what was the original word, and what was the meaning? Because there's sometimes it'll it'll trip you up uh, on things. We talked about world the other day. World doesn't always mean world. Uh, it has other applications. Could be time, could be region, and so forth. Uh, but once you go back and do a deeper study on on the, on those words. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eschatology? Uh, if you look at all the, the deeper meaning of the words, it brings a lot to light uh, on it. We've got time. Let me just grab this one thing off because you're going to hear it again during the sermon. Oh, let's see. Go down here too. It would be... Uh, in Hosea, it says, Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, A-M-M-I, and to your sisters, uh, Ruhamah. What does that mean? I had to go look it up again. I've read it before. I've looked it up before. But when I read it, I thought, I don't recall uh, what those two words mean. But uh, Ami means my people. And Ruhamah means have obtained mercy. So I guess it, the translators could have put those two clauses in there. But for us to do a, a, a deeper study, you're going to find out that's what it means. Say unto your brothers and sisters, my people have obtained mercy. So now that when you put that all together, that verse makes absolute sense and it's clear. All right, well, I'm going to stop with that. I promised I would already, but...
Uh, I may do the chapter thing next time, but again, I always hold a position that I might change my mind between now and then. See you all in a minute. Good stuff.